welcome to the definitive guide to how to use Facebook ads to grow your brand. Everybody's always talking about scaling and about testing and about all of these other things. And they're really, really important stuff. But we also have to remember that the purpose of running Facebook ads is ultimately to grow a business, right? Like we are trying to take something that works and make it bigger. Yes, that sounds like scaling. Yes, that can sound like ROAS or can sound like PSM. It can sound like a lot of different things. But the honest truth is there is a mindset of getting the work done so that you can do your job generate some profit and not get fired that is the roas that is the ad agency version of thinking and there is the i'm going to grow this business i'm going to acquire profitable customer journeys and make testing easier by having a singularity in my customer and ultimately improving second purchase rate and stabilizing the business so that i can move many levers there's that version of this, which is a growth and acquisition, you know, VP of marketing, CMO view. So we're going to really dive into this today because I think this is one of, if not the most highly disputed topics. And I think it ultimately comes down to what is your actual job? Because if you legitimately think that spending the most amount of money you can at row as of X is really why you're being hired, you might be right, but understand that your job has nothing to do with the growth of the business, and there's a huge gap. So we're gonna cover all of that today. Look down below, there's a huge article to cover all of these different things, and if you like what you have to see and you wanna know more stuff, you can go to disruptorschool.com, sign up for the newsletter, check out the Facebook ads NBA program. Hey, there's a great new thing from Sarah Levenger. Go check it out, disruptorschool.com. With that, let's get started. If you wanna grow your brand, using Facebook ads. The classic idea that I see 80% or more of marketers look at, and probably 95% of those that talk in public, is, well, we're gonna get a good ROAS, and then we're gonna spend as much as we can so we can generate profit. That's great. Most really good ad agency media buyers I know are excellent hunters. They can take the information you give them. They can put on their war paint. They can go out into the wilderness and they can get profit today. The problem is society wasn't built on the back of hunters. Businesses don't grow because of the success of individual salespeople. Business models and the acquisition of profitable customer journeys, or in this case, to continue this analogy, farming is what builds civilization and society and grows business. If you are the world's best Facebook advertiser with respect to, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna get ROAS today, that's amazing. And if you have a couple bad weeks, you might be out of business. Whereas if your focus is, I'm going to prioritize the way that I use Facebook to acquire profitable customer journeys at scale to amplify an existing business that's working by leveraging its business model, you could just effectively, to use this analogy, go out and water your corn every day and get 100 people fat, even if you can't hunt anything. So you're in a much better place. Now, You've heard me reference this a couple of times, and so I'm really going to dive into it, but profitable customer journeys. That's what really matters. That's why we don't use ROAS. We use PSM when our goal is to scale a business, not get a good enough ROAS so we don't get fired. 
Now, what this really means is when you're spending money on ads, it's not there to say, how much did I spend today? How much should I make? That is interesting information. But that ultimately doesn't matter. What really matters is, what are my needs as a business? And generally speaking, one of the easiest ways to grow a business is to get more and more people to pay you more and more often. I know that's an oversimplification, but it's a really important thing. Basically, if I spend $100 to get somebody to pay me 60 bucks, that's theoretically a well below one ROAS, right? That's a 0.6. But if I know that person's ultimately gonna spend 200 with my business, I doubled my money. I have a profitable customer journey. Maybe I lost 40 cents on the dollar right away. But if the LTV of that customer is a 2X, I legitimately can't spend enough money on that. Now, there's obviously cash flow and cadence and second purchase rate and the timing of all of that stuff. But the idea is, if you're out there every day getting 20 cents on the dollar for every customer you get, and ultimately you can only spend a certain amount of money before you are unable to scale your spend beyond that point at which your ROAS becomes desirable, you are inherently limited at how big you can get, right? If you're a hunter that can only bring back enough that you can carry, there's only a certain amount of people that you can feed. And if you fail a few days in a row, there's a certain amount of people that will die because of it. But if your focus is instead to generate profitable customer journeys with multiple transactions, now what you're doing is threefold. One, you're ensuring future cash flow, which is tremendous. Number two, you are focusing on acquiring customers that are ultimately more valuable to you. Because instead of spending 120 bucks with that 20, you know, 20% row as 100, they're spending $200. So each customer is fundamentally more valuable. And number three, and, and, and probably the most important thing is you are establishing a foundation from which to be able to sustain greater amounts of instability. And that is a superpower. Can I go three days or a week without my hunter killing anything? Yeah, because I'm growing corn. I got bread. I'm good. I don't need that. And the real world, what this looks like inside of Facebook ads is, can you handle two, three weeks of a ROAS that isn't good enough? The answer is no. I think you have a business model problem or you have a growth and acquisition problem. And the way that we solve this is by prioritizing the acquisition of profitable customer journeys. Now, you might say, well, we're bootstrapped. We can't do that. Let me challenge that. What if instead of saying we're bootstrapped, we can't afford to have maturing LTVs? You said, what if our focus is to do the absolute best we can to make sure our bills are paid in a way that also ensures future cash flow? Maybe it takes 20 days. Maybe it takes two months. Maybe it takes six months. But let's, for the purpose of this conversation, takes say it takes 45 days for somebody to buy from you to buy again. Number out of the blue. 
month number one, if you break even, great. Month number two, you have 15 days by the end of that, you know, day 31 to 60, day 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, and so forth and so on. You've got a whole bunch of people that are coming back and buying because they bought on day one, two, three, four, and five. Remember, it takes 45 days for them to buy again. So everybody that bought in day one through 15, they're buying again. And what this means is you wake up with money in the bank. Theoretically, think of it this way. Your marketing efficiency gets better because the revenue that you don't have to pay today to acquire today grows. And what that ultimately means is you've got a larger foundation on which to handle instability. Or you have the choice to spend some of that money on the acquisition of new people. Now, if you just break even every day for 45 days, the next 45 days, you're going to have a whole bunch of people. You're going to be profitable basically every day because you're going to have a whole bunch of people that bought in the first 45 days starting to buy again. So if all you do is break even, but you know that every customer that buys once is going to buy it, on average, you know that at least some of those people are going to buy a second time. If it's 5%, if it's 20%, who cares? The point is, Come day 45, even if you're breaking even on your paid media, you're actually profiting as a business because those customers are starting to come back and buy again. So when somebody says, well, I'm getting a 2X ROAS, my question to them is, well, what's your second purchase rate and why are you not spending enough? Because for me, I would much rather focus on the acquisition of twice as many customer journeys where my ROAS is a one knowing that I'm getting that reoccurring revenue. And again, when you say one bootstrap, you can't afford to do that. Well, sure, right up until anybody buys a second time. And if you can standardize that flow by picking maybe a hero product or offer or service where you're able to work on second purchase rate and have a singularity of your customer type and really test to improve it, and we'll get to all that stuff in a minute, then it becomes a lot easier to ensure and even improve that additional revenue. And basically what that means is you're no longer out there living and dying by the work you do today. You are now investing in your future. And as soon as people start to come back and buy more than once, your business is now no longer tied to the success and failure of any one individual day, any one individual campaign, any one individual ROAS. You're now buying and selling customer journeys. And that is a far better metric. If your customer journey is six months and you've got a fairly high confidence what that looks like, that means you've got six months that you can kind of plan for instability. And as soon as you start to focus on these profitable customer journeys, you're going to start caring so much about the day-to-day. And you don't need to focus on chasing yesterday's wins because you're really focusing on maximizing the wins that you're getting tomorrow and next month and next year. And that'll fundamentally grow your business in a way that ROAS could never do.
If you like this and you want to know more about it, please ask questions about it. Look down below. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to this. Hit the bell. Let your friends know about it. Share it all around. Let me know what else I can do to help out. And if you like this kind of information, you want more of this stuff, go to newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com and get me in your inbox at least once a week with all this type of stuff. Now, second thing that we need to talk about when you're trying to grow your business using Facebook ads, we've already covered why ROAS doesn't really matter. Because we're far more concerned in the volume of profitable customer journeys that we're investing in. And when we're investing in future customer journeys, generally speaking, we don't need to be cash positive on day one, because as soon as we start getting people buying from us, say that reoccurring revenue is 20% of the money we make today, we could run Facebook at a 0.9 ROAS and still make money. Say it's 30%. Say it's 50 they email and search come in. You can get to the point where Facebook can run at a 0.8, a 0.7, a 0.6, depending on how much volume you want to spend. So what we're really focusing in here is how do you unlock the ability to lose money on the front end of your business? Well, the secret is second purchase rate. What is the likelihood of any of your customers buying more than once? Well, you might say, well, 5% of our customers buy this and buy that. Well, let me ask you this. What is the single product that you sell, product, service, or offer, that has the highest second purchase rate? What if you only sold, what if you only promoted that one? As a, for instance, maybe, you know, you've got a product that sells for 40 bucks but when that customer buys, on average, some people will never buy again, some people buy it like 20 times, but on average, that customer's worth $100. Well, day one, maybe you can't afford to spend more than 40 bucks to get that customer. And obviously, it's less than that because of COGS and operating costs, but we're going to take that off the, the, for the simplicity right now. But as soon as they start to buy a second time, maybe you can spend 45 or 50 at some point, you could theoretically spend up to $99 to get that person to pay 40 because you know they're going to pay you 100 Now, you might have some offers with a 3X ROAS. You might have some offers with the AOVs, 200 bucks, and all that stuff. But does that really matter? What are we investing in when we're trying to grow our business? Ultimately, it's business growth. So if we know that we can spend money to acquire future revenue on top of that first transaction. And we're gonna focus our business on that profitable customer journey, then the best thing we can do is focus on that. And now, because we have a singular momentum in our business and a focus around that hero product offer or service, we just need to try to get somebody to buy more than once. Now, if it was already the product people were most likely to buy a second time, maybe, you know, 10% of people that buy this product buy a second time. Great. Maybe there's another one with a much better ROAS, but only 2% of people buy it. Is that better for you? Is it better for you to make a profit margin on a sale today where one out of 50 people ever buy again, or a smaller profit margin on potentially a higher volume of customers where one out of 10 people buys again? What if that one out of 10 gives you two and a half return on your money? Is the ROAS on that 
offer where people only buy you know, when 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 one out of fifty people buy is the ROAS on that high enough to offset the future cash flow that you're getting? Probably not. So the point here is when we begin to focus our advertising on the product offer service that is most likely to generate future cash flow. And then we just focus on breaking even there and then improving that second purchase rate. Maybe it goes from 10% to 15. 10% second purchase rate to a 15% second purchase rate is an incredibly stable lift in business because purchase rates are incredibly stable. Right? When somebody buys once and they buy a second time, that's a number that doesn't move nearly as much as your CPA on Facebook today. It doesn't move nearly as much as the ROAS of some audience. It doesn't move nearly as much as other things, right? like these conversion rates right? and second purchase rates. These are things where basically how your business runs is kind of how it runs. And if you make it better, you're going to see big lifts. You focus on the conversion rate of your website, don't you? Why don't you consider a purchase a lead and then focus on, the, focus on the conversion rate of that lead to be a second purchase? Consider a second purchase your actual business objective. And everybody that buys once is a lead to get that second purchase. What if you flipped your business model to that? And you also looked at ROAS as what's that second purchase worth? Now we're setting a situation where, well, I could spend more money on Facebook. I've got a healthier business with which to amplify. And I'm way less concerned about how any one audience does or how my ROAS is doing on any given day. I'm concerned with how many profitable customer journeys did I start? I'm concerned about CPA. Now, some of that might be new customers, some of them might be returning, but maybe we have to pay to get a customer to come back a second time. Is that really the worst thing? If our focus is to buy profitable customer journeys and sometimes that profitable customer journey comes with an additional investment that's still profitable, is that a bad thing? Say the first sale costs us, you know, 50 bucks to make and that second sale, well, it was a retargeting retention ad and we had to spend like 20 bucks on it. Who cares? If each sale is worth 40 bucks, that first one we lost 10, on that second one we made 20, hey, we're up $10. And if they buy a third time, great, now we're making a lot of money on that customer. It's a contribution margin conversation. It's PSM, profitable scaling margin, lifetime value of a customer divided by the CPA and COGS for that customer's journey. Now, that sounds incredibly complicated, especially when you're trying to put it across a whole bunch of different offers. So don't make it complicated. Focus on the offer, product, or service that ultimately gives you the best chance to leverage this math equation because as soon as you do you're no longer worried about the day-to-day -day. you're now worried about how many people am i getting into my into the system and what is the maturation rate of them from start to ltv and what is the second purchase rate from initial purchase to second one and what's the profit? At what point in this customer's journey do I ultimately hit the profit that I need? Say it's 45 days into that customer's journey. Well, maybe it'll take me then 45 days before I can take a loss on the front end of that funnel. Okay. Maybe it's 90 days. Okay. 
Great. So in three months, we can start losing money at the front end of our business while scaling it massively. Great. That's not a problem. That's just a definition of the parameters of what success can look like for you. So second purchase rate, how do we improve that? You can work on the product, right? You can work on the quality. You can work on, you know, the experience. There's a million things that you can do. But if you begin to say, this is the product that most likely gets somebody to buy from my brand more than once, they don't even have to buy that product. But this is the thing that I advertise that most likely drives somebody to buy a second time. Of the people to buy a second time, this is generally how much they're worth. Or in general, of the people to buy that first time, how much are they worth over their lifetime value of the business? Right? And for those of you like, well, you 60-day LTV or 90-day LTV, those aren't things that we're talking about. That is cash flow projections. It's not an actual lifetime value metric. That is a false number. What we're worried about is total revenue divided by total customers for this product. Simple. Buy to that number improve the volume of people and then work really, really hard instead of what audience are we going to target and what products are we doing and, you know, what copy and all of this other stuff, stabilize that number and amplify the volume. Generally, this works by creative testing abroad because it's a more stable environment. And we'll get to why that really matters with singularity and testing in a minute. But when you focus all that effort into one product, now, instead of promoting three, four, five different offers with three, four, five different customer journeys, you have one. You know how much easier it is to solve one problem than it is to try to solve three or four that are all intermingled? How much easier would it be if you said, all I need to do is sell this product because I think this product is most likely to get somebody to buy a second time. And I'm going to make this sure that the sale of this product is, is something I can count on. And I'm going to work on getting more people to buy the second time. What you've done is just created a larger cash flow profit margin on your customer journey and a greater situation for the growth of your business. You've taken this incredibly complicated system and you got it down to one simple thing that is really easy to manage, relatively speaking. That's how you grow a business. If you have any more questions, please drop them below. Don't forget to like and subscribe and all those fun things. Moving forward, the last thing we're going to talk about when you want to grow your business using Facebook ads or really any paid media. We've already determined that ROAS isn't the path because we're not hunters. We want to be farmers, right? Civilization was not built on how much meat one person could bring home today. It was built on how much corn and wheat can one person grow for 100 people, right? We're scaling a business. Very different conversation. And we're acquiring future cash flows that are profitable to acquire. If I have to pay $100 to go buy $120, I'll do that every single day. And if I say, well, I can't afford to do that because I, I'm bootstrapped and I have to make every dollar make sense for me, great. How long does that last? Is it a month? Is it two months? Is it three? And at that point, what is the product that most likely gets somebody to buy a second time? Because when you get them to buy a second time, that number also improves. Oh, I'm bootstrapped. I can't get people to do stuff. Well, okay, what's the product that's most likely to get somebody to come back and buy a second time? Let's sell that one. What is the cadence on which they buy that second product? Great. On that day, the people are more likely to buy a second product. From that day, you're no longer going to have the excuse of I'm a bootstrap brand. I need to be profitable on day one because now you are in a business that is growing built on the lifetime value of a profitable customer journey and you are acquiring that journey for less money than it is worth. That's it. Think of it as savings bonds, right? You are investing in a maturing asset. Now, what this does ultimately, when you find the offer that best fits this, 
is it gives you singularity. And the greatest thing about the singularity, not only mentally and also architecturally, like you can now promote your entire Facebook ad account can be basically one campaign promoting everything to basically one product. And you can do landing page testing, you can conversion rate testing, you can do second purchase rate improvements, you can do, and when they come back and buy multiple times, you can also do AOV improvements on all of those things. So you can try to make each transaction actually worth more money in and of itself. So that LTV continues to go up. For example, I have a clothing business. We found that the uh, the bra, the bra, when a woman buys the bra, there's, you know, of the women that buy a second time, 80% of them buy again between 20 and 40 days. Great. We're going to focus on that thing because that means we're going to have a 50% chance of, we, we know we're going to be able to pay our bills on time and we got a 50% chance or better of ultimately getting somebody to come back and buy that product or potentially have a profitable customer journey. And, and what that ultimately means with, with that business, you know, people that do buy and people that don't netting out all those fun numbers. Ultimately, what that means is now we focus on that. What do we do? We spend all of our ads on that one thing. Now let's try to improve the AOV. Great. How do we do that? Well, let's try a three plus one offer. The upsell on that landing page being, hey, if you buy three of them, you get one of them for free. Great. Now the AOV of that first purchase goes from one bra to the purchase of three bras. We basically tr potentially have triple the AOV. Now, really, it went from about 45 to about 65, 70, but almost doubled because, you know, to be fair, about 30, 40% of women were like, you know what? I'll take the buy three, get one free because it's free returns. Why not? And if I like it, Maybe they come back and buy the buy three, get one free again. If you just bought buy three, get one free and you like the product, you're going to come back and pay full price for a single one? Probably not. And we've raised the price from 30 to 40 bucks. Now, that customer journey where really their AOV started about 40 bucks, their LTV is $240. That's a fundamentally different conversation. How much can I afford to acquire a customer worth $240? If there's $240 lying down on the street, how much money can I spend to get it? It's a very different conversation than this customer on average spends $40. How much can I spend to acquire that transaction? That is a very different conversation. And ultimately, that meant a 10x scaling of the business to a mid $20 million company in less than nine months. That's how you grow a business using Facebook ads. And really what this means is when you have that singularity, you can focus your testing, your landing page testing, your conversion rate testing, your customer journey testing. And ultimately, as you improve the second purchase rate, and as you build the ads around this, and you figure out the positioning and the business model that best fits your needs for growth, it becomes infinitely easier to manage. And at the end of the day, what this means is you want a singularity of product and a singularity of the type of customer that you're bringing in. Now, when we talk about singularity, one of the things we have to, you know, keep in mind is that the more audiences you run, the more different types of customers you're going to get. Now, maybe there's something similar between all of these different interest groups and all these different lookalikes of the people that you're bringing in, but you're effectively targeting different groups of people. To think that you're not attracting the same type of that, 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 like you are attracting the same type of person, even with wildly different targeting audiences, even with wildly different ads for each one of those targeting audiences to say that, well, the person that comes in is basically the sale the same is, well, it makes no sense. So instead, well, what if we just go broad and we focus on the ad concepts that work the best?
And based on that concept, we are appealing to the marketing angles and niches and psychology and whatever else that we're looking after that ultimately best brings in a customer who's more than likely to buy more than once. Well, when we only have two or three marketing angles in those concepts that attract people in, we don't have 10 campaigns with five different audiences with five different ads in it that's effectively up to 250 different types of people. We have three. And the odds are there's a pretty high overlap between those three people and how they engage with our business. And we don't need to solve for every single person. We just need to solve for the net majority. And if we can solve for the net majority of three people to make that customer worth more money to us by the time they're stopped spending money with us, that's a much simpler problem to solve. And we're going to grow a lot faster. Because at the end of the day, what also you have to keep in mind is how many tests are you running? How expensive is it? How confident are you with the outcomes of any one of those tests? If you're running five different products and landing pages for each one with an individual email flow for each one and having to get customer service for each one of those different products and then all the upsells and all the ads and all this other stuff, how many moving parts do you have in your business? And when we say what we need to do is grow our business 10% next month, what are you going to do? That's an insanely complicated situation versus saying we've got one product that we absolutely know we can acquire a profitable customer journey on this with extreme confidence and that cash flow generally looks like a purchase on this day and 80% of people buy a second time within this time and ultimately that person over time is worth X. Great. Well, we have maturing cash flows and customer journeys happening all the time because we're getting new sales every day, new customers every day, maturing customers every single day. Well, now if we don't spend any money on ads, we're gonna have revenue coming in for weeks or months. All that revenue that's coming in is money that theoretically, if we just broke even on ads, would be pure profit. And what if we spent some of it so that we could grow faster? You can't do that if you've got 10 different products. You can't do that if you're using targeting audiences. If you're chasing around different audiences and having different CPAs and different ROAS and different offers, there's no way that you're going to be able to ultimately get your business down to this. Well, how do I improve the second purchase rate of the product that most likely drives a profitable customer journey? You can't solve that problem. And when I say, what are you going to do in three months to grow the business? What is the six-month plan to double the business? What is, if I want to make sure that whatever I did in the last 12 months, I'll do in the next six. You can't solve that problem if you're promoting a bunch of different things in a bunch of different places because you have no idea what you can expect tomorrow. Because you're investing in depreciating assets, solving 20, 30, 50. In the one example, we have 250 different problems. That's really hard. Or you could get really good. And the other fun side of this thing, when you're using Facebook ads, is that when you teach Facebook ads to do one thing really well, imagine how much better it will be in three months than if you asked to do 10 things. If you had one job when you showed up to the work today, how much better at that job do you think you're gonna be in 100 days? Versus if you had 20 things to do each day. How many reps are you going to get doing that job if you have to do 20 different things? How many mistakes are you going to be able to learn from if you have to do 20 different things versus one? I'd argue 
realistically, you're going to be 20 to 30 times better doing just the one thing over that 100 days. Or way more than that. Because as soon as you start to unlock second purchase rate and you go from 5% to 10, or you get your conversion rate on your landing page from 2% to 2.1. As soon as you start to unlock these things, or you improve the AOV of one transaction from 40 bucks to 60, what if that happens on both transactions? Now you made 40 more dollars. Like, once you access singularity at the front of the marketing, you allow yourself to be open to the force multiplication of all of these optimization efforts. Because if you're chasing audiences that live and die, that's customers that are coming in where one day you've got a whole bunch of customers that look like something, and then a month later, you never see those customers again. How many landing page optimizations did you make based on the audience that you were attracting based on that interest group that you were running that now you no longer spend on? What about that product that was doing great as, as in, in one audience and then you tried to pivot to a different audience and a different lookalike and that product wasn't as good because the ROAS was better someplace else? What did your email journey look like to get that customer to come back and buy again? How complicated is the system that you're trying to run? And ultimately, I'll end with this. This is the big, big difference between what I see the vast majority of ad agencies talking about. And look, really, really smart people. I was just at Geek Out and several people were on stage giving really, really good advice on how to be the best hunter you can. To basically not get fired as the marketer. And I'm here to help you understand that that doesn't mean nearly as much is how to actually grow your business. Because at the end of the day, why are you spending money on, on ads anyway? Is it so that you can have an agency that you don't want to fire? Or is it so that you can make way more money? If you want to grow your business, you can't be looking at ROAS. YouTube thinks you might like a couple of these things. Go ahead and subscribe. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet.